0: Triple M Breakfast with Seb Costello and Lawrence Mooney can be heard on Triple M in Melbourne from 6 till 9. Or you can hear it right here in this podcast. Thanks to Mighty Helpful, Mighty 10. They're the local business that values having yours. Check out your local store online.
1: We have already set a trend on this show as of yesterday. I feel really bad about this. We start to pump someone up and we tear them down. It started with Jordan Spath. We thought he was going to win the Masters. He was six shots up. Uh, He fell away and then all of a sudden we started talking about your bouffant or pompadour hairstyle and uh, started to celebrate the hairstyles of great Australians. Case in point, Darren Lyons and uh, then all of a sudden his administration the Geelong City Council torn down by the state government.
2: This is a big story and mm. we'll drill down into it a bit later but <laughs> essentially the state government today are expected to completely sack the Geelong council which would include Darren Lyons mm. after an independent report found that some councillors and I read from the report Moonman were aggressive belligerent threatening disempowering sexist dogged bombastic arrogant rude spiteful frightening demeaning belittling objectifying, exploitive, calculated, humiliating, and intimidating.
1: No, read out what they said about the Geelong City Council, not this show. Oh. Hey. 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 Warm them up early.
2: It's five past six in Melbourne, and it's hot in the studio. I do like, too, you mentioned how we were pumping up Jordan Spieth, and then it didn't go so well for him. There's a great Mark Knight cartoon in The Herald Sun where Jordan Spieth is choking at Augusta, yep. and who should come out of the crowd Greg Norman to give him the Heimlich maneuver. Oh nice. Yeah, says don't worry guys, I've seen this before. <laughs> <laughs> nice work, Mark Knight. We
1: can't uh, we can't let Greg forget, can we?
2: No, no, there's something it's one of those sporting moments that sticks with people, isn't
1: it? It's not just one, it's two.
2: It's it's not unlike the 1999 <laughs> yeah. preliminary final. It's Ooh. now 17 years ago, but people still talk about it.
1: We can't let it go and whatever the world or local issue, you'll bring it back to an Essendon game. <laughs> <laughs> that has has lived with you
2: Well, this is very true But yes, we'll drill down that, mm. into that a little bit later Also, uh, there's some more detail Pretty saddening detail, really About the 15-month-old girl Who passed away uh, in the early hours of Sunday morning of There's cool. more coming through on that Yes, apparently visited by paramedics last week Yeah, and there's a great little rock star spat Going on at the moment Between Ooh, Sasha Baron-Cohen Mr oh, yeah. Ali G himself And Brian May From Queen there's
1: what? a, there's a, con-
2: what's the conflict over? Yeah, it's over the Freddie Mercury biopic and differing accounts of how the project fell over. Right. Because Sasha would have wanted to play
1: Freddie. Yes, indeed. Yeah. Sasha had sort of and put straight, the script together. not as a, not as a joke, Freddie.
2: No, no, no. As a very real, I'm, I've yeah. hooked you in here, Moon Man. I'm looking forward to telling you a little bit more detail. And, Moon Man, have you been following the developments around the Freddie Mercury biopic?
1: No, but uh, you've teased me with, uh, with the exciting to and fro between Brian May and Sasha Baron Cohen, because Sasha Baron Cohen, of course, wanted to play Freddie Mercury and would have done a beautiful job, too. He's not only a, a great kind of like comic character developer, but he's a
2: great mimic. He is. So, Sasha Baron Cohen was commissioned to come up with a script, come up with a pitch for this film that he would eventually take to the guys from Queen. And he's talked about this, I think it was on Howard Stern over in the United States a little while ago. Sasha Baron Cohen being Ali G. Borat, that comedic actor, Talladega Knights. And he tells a story about how for a number of years, him and a screenwriter worked on the script together, and then they eventually brought it to Brian May, who, of course, is the legend guitarist of Queen. And Brian looked at it and said to Sasha, hmm, hmm, yep, this is going to be a great film. Sasha said, why, Brian? Brian said, because the main character is going to die in the middle of the film. Sasha said, who, who, who's the main character? Brian said, Freddie Mercury. And Sasha says, oh, okay, so it's going to be like Pulp Fiction. It's in the end is the middle, the start is the middle, it's going to be all about that. And Brian May says, nope. The character's going to die in the middle and there's going to be a fantastic second act. And Sasha says, hang on, oh, if Freddie Mercury dies, what, what's the second act going to be about? Not We Will Rock You. And Brian says, the second <laughs> act is going to be about how the rest of Queen got together rebuilt themselves after Freddie's passing and in the glory of Brian May created a musical called We Will Rock You and no. took the world by storm once again.
1: Oh no. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Sorry Cut Freddie. Two
1: pieces uh. of paper just floating on the breeze <laughs> as Sasha Baron Cohen's heel disappears out the door. Uh. That is wrong. So Brian May I would have thought the 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 denouement after Freddie's death, surrounded by his loved ones, mm. and you know, looking at his personal life as well as kind of queen in the background, is Barcelona. Yeah, Barcelona. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, mm. that was just
2: immense. Uh, oh, and you know, really, all you want to see is Freddie Mercury's parties brought to life on the big screen, don't you?
1: Yes, absolutely, you mm. do. And uh, that just, uh, you know, the discovery of his and the full exercising of sexuality. <laughs> like, he had a pretty good time, Freddie.
2: Oh, uh, yeah. Burned brightly, yeah. Freddie, and sang really nicely. Well, Brian May has hit back at Sasha Baron Cohen after hearing his version of events. Right. And Brian says, Sasha has become an A-E. We had some nice times with Sasha kicking around ideas, but he went off and told untruths about what happened.
1: Right. Mm. So he hasn't uh, sought to, you know, give his version of events. He's just said that Sasha's dash e, <laughs> Yeah,
2: which is a shame because, as you say, Moonman, Sasha Baron Cohen would have done a tremendous job as Freddie mm. Mercury. Who else could be cast as Freddie Mercury? Oh, that's a tough question. Mm. Yeah, well, I'm sure Russell Crowe, who can transform into anything, can Vince find Vaughan. a way. Yeah?
1: Yeah, throw Vince Vaughan into the mix. If it's a uh, light-hearted comedy, <laughs> With Owen Wilson yeah, but... <laughs>
3: <That's it.
2: laughs> And yesterday Moon man Danny Willett The Englishman Took a green jacket And a place in history Winning at Augusta
1: Yes uh, He won the Masters Out there at Augusta And uh... You are about to tell me how his brother is now featuring because uh, it's great when a brother gets involved.
2: It's been a family affair for the Willets. He's the first Englishman to win at Augusta since Nick Faldo in 1996, which will give the shivers to some Australian golf fans. But, well, he was expecting a baby. His wife was due and he almost missed the Masters because the child was on the way. He came early, a young man by the name of Zachariah, which allowed Danny to play. And then he had that final round that... You know, coupled with Jordan Spieth dropping six strokes and, uh, you know, basically losing it a little bit.
1: Jordan Spieth was going for a back-to-back, so had a lot of pressure there. I think he was six strokes in front, and mm. then it just went absolutely pear-shaped for him. And you could almost see him, his mind just freezing. And then uh, Danny Willett's taken the, well, you not just get the green jacket, but you get a beautiful, big, crystal cut crystal bowl as well Mm. to whack your
2: fruit in later on straight to the pool room for that one here is the masters champion explaining how we almost missed the round it's just been a crazy ride um and again there's there's two people obviously can't be can't be here my wife nicole and my little man zach um i hope they're back home watching not gone to bed just yet um people were saying you know try and bring the green jacket home for little man i think it's a little bit big um but i'm sure in a few years time i'll grow into it there you go. Now, back home in England, Moon Man, his brother PJ was watching and cheering on Danny Willett, and he was absolutely killing it on Twitter. From PJ, if the boy does what he should, I'll be able to say, I've shared a bath with the Masters winner. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's good.
2: He then gets into Spieth saying, Spieth, you've won one before. Wind your neck in. Before adding to Danny, green makes you look fat. Refuse the jacket. <laughs>
1: good. Nice work.
2: And then when he did finally get up, PJ off Twitter, there's a fat woman legging it around my house singing, I'm cracking open the passion fruit liqueur. Ah!
1: <laughs> I take it that that's PJ's wife he was referring to? <laughs> oh, no,
2: when the fat lady the, sings. I think it was the metaphorical oh, okay. Rex Hunt style uh, <laughs> good afternoon. Uh, and then he finishes it off with Speechless. I once punched that kid in the head for hurting my pet rat. Now look at him. He's won the Masters.
1: <laughs> well done, PJ. Good work. And uh, there's some beautiful vision of Jordan Spieth putting the green jacket on and um Danny Willett, and he looks like death warmed up. (laughs) He looks like he can't believe what happened.
2: It's a big couple of hours, isn't it? You have a bit of a meltdown Mm. on the final round, and then you have to present the green jacket to the bloke who's trumped you.
1: And then you have to live with it for the rest of your
2: life. But he's got one, and he's still a sensational golfer, Spieth. Yeah. Although our man keeps number one for now, Jason Day. You know what else is sort of frustrating from an Australian golf point of view? Willett was actually sitting equal with Day on the way into the final round. So had it gone differently, you know, Jace was right in the hunt there, even mm. though Spieth at the time just looked unbeatable. So what happened to Jason Day's golf? I oh, didn't have a bad round, but um, I think he finished near about even again, um, having, having evened a lot over the couple of days. Yeah. So he ended up one over Jason Day, which was six shots off Willett. So but, you just uh, have
1: to do something exceptional on that final day to win the Masters. You
2: did, you did. Does um, Stephen Mooney ever get a bit of PJ Willard about him?
1: <laughs> he celebrates my successes. <laughs> uh, yeah, he enjoys a bit of that too. Does he? Yes, the That's older, good. But he's the older brother. Right. Okay. I take it that PJ is. What, what did you think was the relationship there? PJ's older. I think
2: PJ's I got... PJ's got less hair and more right. kids. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Older Scientific.
1: brother. It all started many years ago with Ian Stanley, George Negus, and Ray Martin, soon to be joined by Yarn Vent, but my favourite... Gerald Stone is the producer. Gerald Stone, my favourite 60 Minutes reporter of all time, Tara Brown, Ooh. is currently languishing in a Lebanese prison, been there for six days after uh, covering what was a, a bungled recovery of some abducted children, and so this is a story that will continue for a while. But I'm wondering when Tara gets out whether she'll interview herself in a heartfelt, uh, no-holds-barred warts and all, so Tara, tell us all about your time in the Lebanese prison. (laughs) And then cut to Tara Brown. Responding to Tara Brown. <laughs> It'd be a 60 minutes first. It,
2: well, it would. Serious situation, though. Darren it is Wick, a serious who situation. who is the uh, head of the Channel 9 News division over there in Beirut. And, yeah, we certainly think it's Tara Brown. And, and, and of course, uh, Stephen Rice, the producer, Ben Williams, the cameraman, uh, and David Borman, who's the sound hmm. over there as well.
1: Well, if, yeah, I mean, you're in a, a prison on foreign soil. It's no laughing matter per se, but uh, I'm sure that it'll all be resolved.
2: Tara's your favourite, is she? Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely.
1: Well, there's, you know, something very natural about her appearance and she hasn't been, you know, one of those massive teeth whiteners and, you know, she doesn't look like a TV product like mm. yourself, Seb. Mm, no, she, uh, shallow, vacuous, she, yes, broad. <laughs> <laughs> Self-obsessed. <laughs> um, Hang on, but, let's and, get a and hair also, out again. she's a... She's a fantastic reporter and yeah. presenter.
2: I'm a Michael Usher man myself, but oh really? You know, oh, Ush, Ush, Ush gets it done. Yeah, he does look yeah. Uh,
1: effortless. Yeah, oh mate, mm. they all hush when you
2: see the Ash. <laughs> it is five to seven You'd after this. Love
1: blowing smoke right up your own network, <laughs> <aren't>
2: you <laughs> Moon Man. We've been having an effect on people that I'm not quite proud of. No,
1: it started yesterday and uh, there has been a trend set. We've got two examples of when we start to pump you up, (laughs) you go down.
2: One of those examples is the mayor of Geelong, Darren Lyons, who may not be the mayor come 1pm this afternoon. Less than 20 or around 24 hours since we started talking him up for having fabulous hair. It's It's the end of the Lyons era down in Geelong. If you're just catching up with this... The state government is expected to put extraordinary legislation before the parliament today that would sack the entire Geelong Council and have administrators running it until October 2020.
1: Followed an, a report by the Australian Human Rights Commissioner, Susan Halliday. It's like, what's been going on down there where they've been contravening human rights?
2: It's, <laughs> it's a bit harsh. If you're going to introduce legislation about Darren Lyons, just legislate that he can't wear a mohawk anymore. Mm. Calm it down.
1: Some people said, "Where? why didn't this work out? A photographer turned reality TV star, why didn't that work <laughs> as a government option?
2: Here's what we were saying about him yesterday. We named the mayor of Geelong yet as one oh, of the great hairdos. good mm. call,
1: Mooney. Yeah, what? Uh, like a, what do you call it, a mohawk? It's a mohawk. A pink mohawk. Well, we talked him up and then he went down. <laughs> The Andrews government are going to take his mayoral position off him.
2: It's unbelievable. I feel bad for the guy. So where
1: are they going to go? Of course, what this means is that uh, the people of Geelong won't get to vote uh, for a ca- on a council until 2020.
2: Apparently, that's the way it's written up. Yeah. yeah. So that's... Uh... Yeah, for Darren Lyons, that's a, a tough one. And then there was Jordan Spieth, who we were also talking up yesterday. Jordan Speeth makes Augusta his B1 TCH. He just plays this course so well, doesn't he?
4: Last year, well, we all know that he shot 18 under, and again, he's just on fire. I mean, how many green jackets can this kid own by the end of his career? You've got to remember, he's only 22.
1: <laughs> how many green jackets? Well, at this moment, it's only one, because then he went down. Oh. Ouch. So, who do you want us to talk up? Is that the sound of his Augusta cup disintegrating <laughs> into pieces of glass? Because uh, we we can put the mocks on someone, not a problem. So we we're now exploiting them. this
2: ability to Absolutely. give people
1: bad luck. We have got a supernatural ability to bring people down.
2: Radio voodoo doll. Who
1: do you want us to pump up? Because that is going to be the end of them.
2: One triple three, three. who have you got it in for? Or hit us up on Twitter, at Breakfast. Moon Man and I can take care of it, I think. What's, uh, what's uh, the sound effect, Rosie? Ow. Yo. We're Radio Kryptonite. Anything we talk up, well, it goes the other way. Oh. Sorry, we did it again
1: including the administration of Darren Lyons and the DeLong Council. uh, And we also spoke up or talked up Jordan Spieth yesterday. And we asked you, who would you like us to talk up in order to bring them down? Danny from Dramana.
0: Hello.
1: How are you? Who would you like us to pump up, Danny? Collingwood Football Club. Oh, they're tremendous.
2: Nathan Buckley will stay at that club as senior coach for the next five years.
1: They have got a forward line a par excellence to, to match no other.
2: <laughs> Travis Gloak will kick the next 20 set shots straight. <laughs> 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 He's was in bit, there going, yes. was a bit of excitement there from Danny. <laughs> Good on you, Danny. Adam and El Toto, who can we talk up <laughs> to bring them nah. down? Uh, Golden State Warriors. Oh, now are you a Spurs fan, Adam? No, nah, I'm a Bulls fan. Oh, well, yesterday, bad day for the Bulls. They equaled yeah. the record of Michael Jordan. And not only that, the Bulls got eliminated from playoff contention in the Eastern Conference. How was that I day know. for you, Ed?
4: It wasn't too bad. I just hope they don't break the record, though. So Yeah,
2: well, they got one game to go. Oh, hang on, I can hear something. Is that the sound of the Golden State?
4: Oh, oh Painful.
1: painful. Really did talk them up. Mark from Furniture Gully, who would you like us to talk up? Um, Donald Trump, boys, I reckon he's uh, standing for all the right reasons and running such a fantastic campaign. <laughs> I reckon
3: you need to get around him and pump him up a bit.
1: Absolutely. Donald Trump is the great white hope for America, isn't he? He's on his way to the White House and that beautiful hairdo, very much like Seb
2: Costello's. <laughs> <laughs> Just a big dairy whip on top of his head there. He will make America great again. Oh, hang on, man. there's something coming.
3: Oh! Oh, Donnie.
2: It's Donald's plane, Hair Force One, crashing into the ground, Moon Man. <laughs> Hair Force One. Hey. Just like right that? off the top there.
1: I do like that.
2: <laughs> Stole it from Ted Cruz. His opposing. Oh, hang on, Moon Man. Got to cut in because we've got to get to a little bit of a break from you and I because Darren Lyons, the mayor of Geelong, 100% legitimate, is on the line. Really? Here at Triple M. Hello? After this, you will hear from the man himself involved in a very serious situation, On the phone here at Triple M is the man on the front page of both of Melbourne's newspapers. He is the Mayor of Geelong. He is a colourful character who has brought a lot of attention to that area. He is also the man at the moment who looks like he may well be taken out of that position by an extraordinary state government move. Darren Lyons, the Mayor of Geelong, thank you for joining us. And are you aware of this situation?
0: Uh, Lawrence and Seb, uh, good morning to good you, morning. I love your show and uh, it's good to have Eddie on holidays for a while. Um, <laughs> I'll be on for a, a lot longer than them by the sounds of it. Uh, I haven't seen the report, no, I was made aware uh, very late last night from another state government leak, um, the second one within a week uh, mm. of uh, the, the the contents, albeit uh, no contents, the report that... Uh, either the CEO or the city has seen uh, so far. But um, uh, I've been a man that's been driven by vision, passion and change. I was elected overwhelmingly uh, in a landslide election as mayor and um, there's always been my imperatives from day one to deliver for my city. And uh, even though uh, I came in with an overwhelming mandate to get the council moving and overcome obstacles, holding back Geelong, um, uh, my mandate was to stop the shirkers, uh, to make it impossible to get uh, permits, the bureaucrats throwing up red tape and unnecessary paperwork at businesses, Uh, Mm. many of the mum and dad operators trying to safeguard their future, and Geelong is a 21st century smart city hashtag. It is, Darren,
2: and you've been a a big leader, big personality down there. Some of the findings of this uh, report that appears to be out of the blue, as you say, Mm. to the council is quite extraordinary. Strong words thrown around where some councillors, they're not named were found by Susan Halliday, the author of the report, to be aggressive, belligerent, threatening, disempowering. Do you reject those tags?
0: Oh, look at the end. I can't stand here and answer for councillors. There's no question I'm going to do that. No, I'm I'm, I'm going to say as positive as I possibly can to the end because uh, there is no question. My information is that I am still mayor of the city. I've taken it, uh, and this council has taken it, from an approval rating of 55 uh, to 69, which is the top in the state, and that's the state government survey that was released recently. Um, so where's this th-
1: stuff come from, Darren? It, it, I mean, you're on the front of both papers. As I yeah. watch, you know, Today and Sunrise, you're on the TV. Where's this come from?
0: Well, it's obviously from the Commission in, uh, of Inquiry. There's no question about that,
1: yeah. uh, guys. And, um, and why were they inquiring into the council if if things well, had been they're, so they're, successful?
0: Well, no, no, no. The Commission of Inquiry has gone back 20 years. So The focus will obviously be on this mayor. Um, it's extremely party political, otherwise you wouldn't have two major leaks in a week. Uh, I'm out there loud and proud. There's no question about that. And when you say
2: it's political, you have been associated with the Liberal Party. Uh, are you suggesting that the state government coming from the other side has made this personal to you?
0: Oh look, I, I don't think there's no, 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 no one's going to shirk issues around problems within a city. I came in where the former mayor uh, had a nervous breakdown. I I, I, hmm. I came in under a, a directly elected mayor putting a cherry on top of uh, 12 councillors uh, uh, that I had no say in who they would be. They were elected just uh, as much as me. Uh, I think uh, they will be in a world of, of pain today. Uh, when you go into council, everyone has their own opinion. Uh, mm. and, uh, and and that's democ- dem- democracy at its best. We feel People vaguely responsible, deciding. Darren, uh, Sorry,
1: We feel vaguely responsible because yesterday we were talking about great Australian hairdos and we were really pumping <laughs> you up. And then all of a sudden, we feel like we've put the mozz on you uh, and, and we've brought you down. So we just want to apologise if we have somehow oh, blighted your guys. At the end
0: of the day, look, I have all, uh, look the fact of the matter is, is um, I've come from the private sector into, into a public role. I've also been robust, forthright, demanding accountability from the, the, the people working for Geelong and paid by the taxpayer and ratepayer. Uh, this is what I was voting to do as mayor uh, and, and uh, I made apologies for turning uh, uh, together with my council uh, this city around to be uh, number one on the map. And well, passion
1: the, and change are two pretty good platforms to uh, to stand and on. Passion, and
0: it, yeah, yeah, have been a on. great California.
1: He's certainly a
2: passionate Darren. cat's man too. I suppose, Darren, in your former life as a snapper, being mm. on the front page of both papers isn't such a
0: bad thing. No, not at all. I mean, at the end of the day, a, a journalist will write what they write. I'm, I am a journalist myself. I have a passion for great journalism. Uh, and at the end of the day uh, what will be will be but I'll be continuing on my job as mayor and up until I think uh, the 19th of April um, and uh, 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 looking forward whatever happens uh, today and as I said the the disgrace of this is the people concerned in this report, uh, confidential report, have not even seen the report. You guys have seen it uh, well before uh, anyone involved is, which I think is a sad uh on, the, on on the state government today. And well, uh, uh, I, I find that incredible in, in this day and age. I find that a breach of uh, the ultimate democracy that we uh, love in this country, and that's why we lead the world. Uh, and uh, for, for everyone to have it before people concerned and people's lives are involved and at stake here, uh, I find it quite I- incredible.
2: Well, Darren, I we breakfast. really appreciate you padding up and joining us on Triple M. There is no doubt that you've promoted Geelong more than any other mayor has in the history of that city. So we'll see what happens, and uh, we'll uh, we'll watch this space. Darren Lyons, the mayor of Geelong, thanks for joining us.
0: Darren Lawrence, thank you very
1: much.
2: There it is, Lawrence. Story broken on Triple M Breakfast.
1: Absolutely, Darren we were the Lyons. first to get a hold of him, and he hadn't even heard what was going on. He's called in it the papers a disgrace and on the television.
2: He says it's a breach of democracy by the state government and moon man the episodes of random violence and theft in some parts of melbourne at the moment seems out of control and it all links back in some ways depending on who you speak to to this group the apex gang as they're known yesterday police announced they'd arrested 24 people linked to the apex gang who were said to be involved allegedly involved in the riotous scenes we saw across the moon Long weekend in federation square But there are more and more examples around town of acts of robbery, acts of violence Mm. that are being linked back to this Dandenong-based group of
1: youths. Apex, of course, uh, take their name from a street in Dandenong and not from the community group doing good works uh, that symbolise by a triangle. Different Apex.
2: Our next guest was coming home from work to see his three kids. He was taking a phone call in a street in Melbourne, when all of a sudden he was set upon and he joins us on the line now. Sam, we appreciate your time. You're on the telephone and what happened next?
3: I was on the telephone. Um, I heard a door a door open or two doors open as the car stopped. I turned around and three dark skinned youths just rushed me in a in a very sudden way. Um, I was I was actually I wasn't sure if it was a joke at first for a mm. few seconds and then realised that very quickly as they pushed me and grabbed me um, to the ground, uh, that it was quite a quite a different ordeal.
2: And Sam, they had weapons.
3: Yes, yeah, so I quickly noticed there was a baseball bat and a um, golf stick that was that was being thrown around, and it was quite a quite a threatening uh, environment.
2: How were they threatening you?
3: One was sitting on my chest. The others were, were going through my pockets while smashing the sticks around my head on the pavement, screaming at me. Um, Give me your stuff! Grabbing at my pockets and and really threatening. I mean, in a in a very scary way.
1: And what were you doing at this time? Were you kind of like begging for mercy, or just frozen with fear?
3: I was I was pretty much frozen. I, was, I couldn't understand. I was like, what, "What do you want? What do you want?" And and they just kept on saying, "Give me your stuff." Um, I had a laptop in my hand. They they grabbed that out of my hand. Mm. Um, they grabbed the the phone that I was speaking to someone on the other line and. He was scared, my friend on the other line only heard the beginning of the conversation and the phone cut out, uh, he told me afterwards. Um, they grabbed the bags that I had and then they went to my wallet in, in, in my back pocket.
2: And Sam, police are looking into this, they're chasing those responsible and in doing so, this crime which happened in the St Kilda area has been linked back to Dandenong, hasn't it?
3: Yeah, so uh, one of my devices, uh, a laptop, started uh, pinging me uh, a few days later on Sunday, um, and letting me know the exact the exact address of where it had been switched on. So I had that was in Dandenong, um, and I called uh, my case officer straight away and informed him where that was.
2: And also, wow. your license showed up in the Dandenong area.
3: Correct. Well,
1: so, so when when they set upon you, you're just on the street, Sam. You're just. Trucking along, making a phone call, and bang—it happens out of the blue. I
3: was literally just walking on the on the sidewalk. Um, this car pulled up in front of the driveway where I was just standing standing at the time, um, and straight away they rushed out, weapons in hand, and set upon me. I mean, this was something that this was not their first time. It was extremely, extremely uh, threatening and, and scary. Um, that the whole thing took probably about a minute and a half. Right, so um, pretty
1: well choreographed
3: pretty well. There were two people in the car the whole time and, and these three people jumped out and, and, and were on top of me in a matter of
2: seconds. It's unbelievable, Sam, and we certainly wish you and your family all the best and applaud you for speaking out bravely about this stuff because it really does highlight why Victoria Police need more resources and as many resources as possible to keep us safe, doesn't it?
3: Yes, definitely.
2: Sam, thanks for joining us.
3: No worries, thank you.
2: There you go. A sus- victim of suspected members of the Apex gang, Sandringham Criminal Investigation Unit looking into that one. They'll get to the bottom of it. But yeah, a scary, scary situation for Sam and for his family. We broke that story last night on Nine News. I hope it's the last we we'll hear of this Apex group. I fear it's not, Moon Man. Rob Murphy with a knee problem looks serious. Oh
1: no! Murphy's done a knee. Looks like
2: it's almost locked. Something's not right. And he can't straighten it. Yeah, they're they're tight knit, uh, close knit bunch. You know, we're we're really close, and um, and it'll, they'll be hurting tonight. Not not just
5: because of the uh, of the loss, but they'll be hurting more for Bob. The decorated career of Western Bulldogs captain Robert Murphy could be over after scans confirmed he's torn his ACL. Uh, as you can imagine, it's pretty. <laughs> Pretty rough for me.
0: He's Bob Murphy. He's not going to go down without a fight, um, and I really, yeah, I really doubt this is the last that we see of Bob. Do you want to play on post, you know, surgery perhaps? Like I've got a
1: lot
3: going through my mind at the moment. Um, I just want to want to take the the next few days just to, yeah. <laughs>
2: Make a make a considered decision. There's a lot of man love there, you know, between between Bob and I. So I'd love him to go on um, from a selfish point of view. And I've been really keen for him to, uh, you know, keep playing for another couple of years here, maybe even three. For more on the Bob Murphy situation, we go to Fox footy expert commentator Brad Johnson, and he's an expert because he played such good football across 364 Mm. games that his number six hangs in the rafters at Bulldogs home games at Eddie Hadd Stadium. Jono, thanks for your time. Will Bob Murphy play again?
4: G'day, G'day, Lawrence. Uh, Look, I I hope so, and uh, I think every every Bulldog fan and uh – and everyone out there hopes that uh, that Bob decides to, you know, get through his rehab and, and work extremely hard as he has for the last 17 years, and and continue on into an 18th season at the at the Bulldogs. He's, he's only about five games, I think, shy of 300, and mm. it'd be great for him to uh, to join the the 300 club. And then, more importantly, is the club's in a really strong position at the moment, going to fight for some finals this year and over the next couple, hopefully you know fight for that elusive uh, premiership and it'd be great for bob to be uh, a huge part of that of course
1: you're a man renowned for your smile John. uh your face must have dropped when uh, you saw that incident and then of course the bulldogs lose that game to hawthorne
4: yeah well it was it was tough because it was a little bit of the unknown because i was flying back from, from Tasmania, i landed and the gentleman sitting behind me said have you heard the news about bob murphy and i'm like no he's uh, I just read on my phone that he's uh, injured his knee. And you're right; your heart drops straight away. You, mm. you, you sort of the first question I asked, if they said ACL, and uh, he said a little bit of the unknown. So you sort of wait, I suppose, for that, that next half an hour uh, to an hour to see if any more information's coming through about uh, about the injury. And and when you find out it, it is, it's it really is disappointing for, for Bobby. Look, his footy's in such a good spot at the moment; the the club's going extremely well. But knowing Bob and knowing him very very well, he um, you know he'll take this in his stride and he'll make sure that all these young players that he's had a fair bit to do with and get them up and going over the last 18 months, he'll make sure they, they continue on. And I think it's, it's, it's time now for others. Bob's helped so many over the last period of time to get the club back to the spot. It's time now for others to really give him a, a huge chop out to make sure that he can recover well and 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 continue to lead the side on the sidelines.
2: Well, John, you've been through this to some extent before the 2003 campaign when Chris Grant went down with a serious injury. Of course, Granty played a different role to Bob, but going through what you went through, what impact did it have, and what advice would you give the current dogs having gone through a similar situation?
4: Oh, look, yeah, it was. Well, in in some ways, they play a similar role, a a different role on field, but very similar in the way that they. They lead the the club, you know both very level in the way that they do it, and both inspirational and that was the that was the biggest thing Granny was the most inspirational leader to to play under. You stood tall when you when you ran out with chris grant and and that was the tough thing at the at the time was seeing our our you know big strong leader uh, go down with injury it did have an effect on us as a as a playing group and um, you know at the time we we Probably didn't deal with it as well as what we probably could have. Um, and we tried to move on as quick as possible and all those sort of things, which the Bulldogs are going to do this time around with, with Bob Murphy. But when you run out and you don't have that, uh, that big guy next year or that inspirational leader that really is the general out there, it can be tough at times. And, and we now look to what Bulldogs players are going to, to stand up in his absence. And the good thing about it, I suppose, is down back with Dale Morris and Matty Boyd, still playing excellent football. You know, they fill that void straight away. And I know the way that Bob leads. He's got, you know, a couple of good, strong leaders at each line of the ground that are, that are still going to be out there to, to help shape this side and make sure that they continue, continue to strive on this year.
2: Got to get Eastern Wood back into that side. John, last night, Chris Scott, Fox Footy, spoke about leadership. Well, I think that vulnerability as a leader is important. Um, if you give the impression that you've got blind faith in things, I think that it can be a really slippery slope. So my philosophy is question everything and start with yourself first and your philosophies first. Which I think talks to the role you're describing of Bob Murphy. Just quickly, John O'Brown last night on the couch said he now thinks no flag possible for the Bulldogs without Bob Murphy. Is that harsh?
4: Oh, no, I don't think... I think it's, I think it's a little bit of, of reality. And if you really listen to the way that Brownie explained it from that point on, he, he was sort of saying that it's... It, it's a big chance probably the, the following year. And I think a lot of people are, are going along those lines. Look, the Bulldogs played finals last year and, and lost to Adelaide. So I think the next step for, for them as a club is to potentially, you know, get up in the top four, which would be, which would be fantastic, win that, win that final. If it comes this year, great. It'd be, it'd be a huge bonus, I think, for the, for the Bulldogs. But I even realistically think that this is another growth year for the Bulldogs. And, and next year in 2017, 18, 19, really could be a strong three years for the Bulldogs mm. in really challenging for what could be, um, you know, that elusive flag that, it, that the club's been striving for since 54. So, yeah, I, I sort of ag- agree in some ways that um, as a playing group, they'll grow this year and, and hopefully, like I said, they can, they can get to that next stage. And, and that next stage for the Bulldogs is to make the finals again and, and, and win one.
1: Such a tradition of true grit down there at the Bullies too when you think about names like Sutton, Witten, Johnson, Grant, and we hope we haven't seen the end of one Bob Murphy.
4: Oh, look, I, th- I think you're right, Lawrence, and, that, that's the, and that's the thing. But, you know, Bob's very calculated in the way that he goes about his, his thinking, and I think we, we, know, we all love him and uh, appreciate what he's been able to mm. do to you know really lead this side strongly along with Luke Beveridge and, and so many others over the last couple of years. So that's, um, you know, Bob, I think he's right. In listening to his interview, he'll take his time. He'll get through this, and I don't think we should rush Bob. He's got time up his sleeve now. and Let's see how the operation goes, see how he recovers from that. And then ultimately, uh, you know, allow him to make that decision as the the season unfolds.
2: Fox footy expert commentator Brad Johnson, thanks for joining us.
4: Thanks, guys. Have a good morning.
2: So, Moon Man, there is now a purple wiggle called Lachlan Gillespie and a yellow wiggle called Emma Watkins, the first woman in the wiggles. And they got married in South Sydney the other week, uh, the other weekend, actually. And it was on a current affair last night.
1: With around 200 of their closest friends and family in attendance.
2: Lachlan was wearing a
1: kilt. Mm hmm. Mm. Is a, a, a Wiggles issue killed? Did well, they have Dorothy the Dinosaur on it? Oh, or?
2: Yes. No, I'm not going not to go there, Moon Man. But I have to say, the Wiggles <laughs> are big musical stars. Lockie, that ring was a little underwhelming, mate.
1: Really? Mm. Not happy with it. I couldn't
2: ring? afford it. Don't get me wrong. But I put, the Wiggles, <laughs> I put the Wiggles up there with, you know, your Jay-Z, Beyonce sort of celebrity weddings. And, mate, lift your game.
1: I just don't know where bagpipes and kilts fit into the whole Wiggles' ooh, yeah. You know, I like, come roll up in the little red car, mm. keep the theme going. Yeah, I would have Do thought a little so. bit of mashed potato.
2: Yep. Fruit salad.
1: Bit of fruit salad. I reckon that was the reception? Don't pretend that you weren't raised on the Wiggles.
2: No, I was. They were really in my era. But, Moonman, I guess, when you think about it, the, uh, well, the type of uh, offspring that Lachlan and Emma are going to put together You'd have to think, have all the genetic makeup of a potential superstar children's entertainer.
1: Well, I, I worry about children's entertainers because they're happy people mm. for the most part at work and together. And when do you get to, you know, let your dark side out? When do you get home and just go, jeez,
2: I hate being a Wiggle. Do you reckon there's a dark side of a Wiggle? Yeah. Emma. Emma, open the bourbon. <laughs> I've only been married a few days, Moonman. I hope it's not like that. But it does cast your mind to the other power couples around. Remember Steffi Graff and Andre Agassi? Oh, well, they are a power couple, mm. I've got to
1: say. And, you know, yeah, the, the wiggles are huge in Australian culture and have topped the BRW Entertainment Rich list many times. After the so- news,
2: let's make a list of the type of couples that are going to produce power offspring. Right Yeah So we got the wiggles pairing Got the you know tennis pairing of know and happens
1: people on this show Yeah They just boom Ooh. Blow up on us So we're going for
2: power couples Karen Affair last night had the yellow wiggle and the purple wiggle They got married mm. And this is what they dished up
6: Ready steady wedding Emma, lucky, Sarah too Ready steady wedding In Sydney harbour that's blue
1: Wow.
2: No, thank no, you, guys. No good. Way to ruin my Wiggly Wiggly, oh, I, April. Because
1: when I heard the yellow wiggle and the purple wiggle, I thought, Greg and Jeff, They, <laughs> uh, I've always thought that they would make a beautiful couple. Yeah. Well, and uh, that would have got my interest, but no. No, it's uh, Emma Watkins and Lockie Gillespie. You know have, what they've and formed? And good luck to them. They, they ha- have
2: formed a same industry power couple. Have we got an acronym there? Is that a that's A, SIPC? a same industry power couple, S-I-P-C, sipsy. Sipsy. I like it. Have you got any other Sipsys?
1: Oh, well, immediately I I think same industry power couple. Uh, I think Gareth Evans and Cheryl (laughs) Burno. (laughs) (laughs) Are they still together? Have we got a little
2: something to commemorate a Sipsy? That's
4: the power of love. Yeah.
2: Laurie Oakes, the man of honour, having broken the story. (laughs) Are they still together? I uh, wouldn't have thought so. I wouldn't have thought so. <laughs> no. um, you mean the Australian Democrats or Cheryl and Gareth? Stan Grant <laughs> and Tracy Holmes. <laughs> Ooh.
4: That's the power of love.
1: Yeah, they, they're still together, aren't they? Power I wouldn't have thought so. Uh, <laughs>
2: oh, how about this one? Bill and Hillary Clinton. That's yes. the power of love. One triple three, five three. I've have got you one got for some you. sipsies? Yep.
1: Lawrence Mooney and Lou Mooney Ooh. Met, met on the set at Postcards oh, presenter and producer. I heard yeah. about
2: that. Sparks flew in the Channel Nine office that I'll day. I tell you what, they're still talking about it
1: over the cream for, from a Devonshire tea and the dandy nongs. Oh yeah.
2: Hello, boys and girls. One triple three five three. Have you got a sipsy for us? We're creating a list. And we're talking sipsies. Same industry power couples off the back of the purple and yellow wiggle, getting it on wedding style. David at Blackburn South, have you got a Sipsy for us?
4: Said you should know this one. Caroline Wilson and Brendan
2: O'Donoghue. Oh, yeah. That's George... the power of love. Okay. Uh, that, that is a Melbourne journalism power couple right there. Carrow, dominating football and local politics. State Spring Street, Brendan O'Donoghue does it better than anybody. Baggers Marsh, Glenn.
4: Oh, good morning. I'd love to be a fly on the wall with a hot, steamy night, a fridge full of beer and garlic prawns, and to watch Mick Malloy and Judith Lucy. Oh, of, of
1: course, they uh,
2: did that rare, very romantic dance at the end of Cracker Jack, was it? Yeah, it was Crackerjack. Jack. Mm-hmm. I think it was in the middle, wasn't it? And then Mick sort of, they had a little falling out and got back together at the end. Is that right? I think so. Who's your footy team, Glenn? Mm-hmm. Have we got Glenn? No, well, anyway, you've got some footy tickets. I'll let our producers sort that out. Good on you, Glenn. And uh, Moon Man, I'll bowl this one in. You probably won't appreciate okay. this, but my wrestling fans out there will appreciate Stephanie McMahon, the daughter of the owner of the World Wrestling Entertainment, Vince, and she married Triple H, who is the champion of, or was the champion of the WWE. It's a power, a
0: power couple.
1: Danny from Melton. Yeah, who, is right. you, who is your same industry power couple?
4: Oh, look, it's a very key couple. I'd uh, like to name Seb Costello and Lance Moody.
1: Oh, wow. That is... Uh...
4: The power of love.
1: Well, it's unrequited. I'm very attracted to young Seb.
4: <laughs> 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 uh, classic. He's gone,
1: he's gone all red now, Danny.
2: Danny, oh, you, uh, you put me in a strange position. But uh, thank you for your call, Danny. And we got one more, uh, Dorian and Ash Burton.
6: Yeah, good morning, boys. How are you going? Good,
2: mate. Have you got a same industry power couple?
0: Yeah, yeah. love your work. Uh, yeah, I was thinking about um, UFC fighters, Ronda Rousey and uh, Travis Brown. The power
4: of love.
2: No one's going to mess with that kid that's at high school, Moonman.
1: Oh, no, that's right. <laughs> he would be able to do the work.
2: <laughs> I was just... Starting to feel the love towards you until you made that little call there. Mm. Um, we've got some footy tickets for you, Dorian. Hang on the line. Keep the sipsies coming at MMM Hot Breakfast.
6: Rosie, we got any others? One on Twitter from Jackie Laver at MMM Hot Breakfast, Michelle Bridges and the Commander. Oh. oh,
0: yeah. Power of love. Feel the burn. Suck in the big ones. Come on. Come on, Commander. <laughs> Come on, suck <laughs> in
2: the big ones. Just quickly to tear off on the same industry, Power Couples Moon Man off the Twitter Peter Credlin and, and what was her? Tony... No, 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 the other bloke, right? Brian oh, Lockname, oh, her husband. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I think there's uh, with Andrew Rule coming up too. You got a bowl in. It's an industry of sorts. Carl and Roberta, absolutely, they dominated that for a while. They were a great power couple. And Rule, we said we were going to talk underworld. Let's start with what's just a really tragic situation, and that is the 15 month old girl who was found in a creek in the early hours of Sunday morning investigations continue into that one. What's the latest?
5: They do. Now, let's not jump to conclusions here, gentlemen. You'll recall the Farquharson case where the man was eventually charged with drowning his children. Yep. Uh, you couldn't have tipped that, but it was right. We recall the Marr case where a lot of people would have assumed for the first 48 hours that maybe the husband was in the gun. Yep. He was questioned closely and, of course, it turned out that he was totally innocent. It was a random Nothing stranger. to do with it. You cannot go pointing the finger in these cases. However... I don't think there's any sign of a black boogeyman smelling of alcohol on any CCTV footage, I believe. He has not been found and I think the search might be concentrating more on the house where the little girl lived. That's my thoughts. How okay. many
2: people live there, Rula? Do we know? Uh,
5: it might be a bit of a floating population, Sebby. That mm-hmm. would be the safest answer. Okay. And there will be drop-ins. There'll be distant relatives. There'll be close relatives. So we wouldn't want to be getting to... What we can
1: probably say safely is that the end of that little girl's life was very sad and tragic. Uh, She'd been visited by paramedics a few days beforehand and uh, just an awful set of circumstances.
5: Busy time Uh, for that homicide crew too, Rula? It's a very busy time. Stuart Bailey's crew, I believe, is not only handling that case, but it it, uh, arrested the man that has been charged over the death of Kylie Blackwood out in the East a couple of years ago. Uh, it has been, um, busy and getting close, I think, to possibly an arrest in the case of, um, the death of Thomas O'Connell, whose, burnt, whose body was found in a burnt car up at Wandong, Wondong. 32-year-old concreter 32 left year old in a concrete. borrowed
2: Kia. And police have recovered another vehicle, they believe, that may have been trailing Mr.
5: O'Connell along the Hume. A Honda Civic, perhaps. Mm. And uh, I think they're getting close there. And I think they'll wrap that up fairly well because they're very good at it. But, but of course, their big ongoing case, be is uh, the Pino Aquaro case, our mafia gangland lawyer. Well,
2: now, hold because... it right there because this is a killing that has all the hallmarks of a mafia hit, and you've been all over this story. We're with Andrew Rule, and let's talk about Joseph Pino Aquiro, the lawyer and owner of the Gelato Bar, who was shot down in the street. Had represented figures said to be involved in the mafia. Yeah, Rule, you've been following this story. I what have, can you tell us?
5: Uh, I just got a little bit of sort of fresh information. Well, this won't be fresh. For the police, but I think it's fresh out there in the world. Mm. I understand that the people that work at the uh, Jell O Bar have twice, at least twice in the last since the murder, have found the words kill written in the bathroom, uh, possibly on the wall or the mirror. And uh, I don't know why that is, but perhaps it's a war of nerves on the surviving partner in the business, uh, that lady Rita, who's the partner of, mm. of the late. Quaro in the business, not life partner. And not only that, I believe that she might have been hassled at home with knocks on the door and phone calls and things so where there's no one there. Is this, uh, got all the
1: potential for the lid to blow again on, uh, Lawrence, on, on Melbourne's gangland? It's
5: funny you should say that, but it, I suppose it could be a small lid and it could blow, but I'm thinking that perhaps somebody wants to really be the Take over that business and um, they're looking for her to sell out. That would be my guess. Rule well, uh, that's an educator. That, I mean, it's a very aggressive move to take over a gelato business. Yeah, it's a bit, look, it's a bar. It's sort of not just ice creams, it's quite a big building with quite a lot of uh, bar space right. and you know, drinks, whatever. And whatever.
1: did he have a aside from his uh, you know, legal position, did he have a pivotal position within
5: the Melbourne Underground? He did. Um, so maybe that's the, the territorial war we're talking well, well, about. Well, he did in a, in a legal sense. Yep. Uh, obviously, he wasn't as heavy as he wanted to be. And I, I think he perhaps saw himself as some sort of taking over some leadership role and was blocked. And of course, it's not a very good redundancy program in the Calabrian Mafia, Lawrence.
2: Mm, Ruler, when we talk about <laughs> these so-called mafia hits, it has yep. been pondered that potentially the gunman could actually be imported from parts of Italy True. where these organisations work. Do you know if that could be the case here?
5: That, that's, that's not mad speculation because they, they're known to do it. Uh, and, of course, they've got friends and relatives often back in Calabria. But um, whether that's happened here is another thing. I think, again, the police might be looking a little close, closer to home at mm. this point. That's speculative. But there was a bit of argy-bargy at the Jello Bar about the fire back in January. Some would say that perhaps... Pino Acquiro was looking for a bit of insurance money and might have mm. wanted the fire lit by Mr. X, who used to hang around. Mr. X bolstered it up and didn't um, burn the place down well enough to get the insurance claim or whatever. And maybe they had an argument and maybe it's a, a falling out, which would be convenient for Mr. X because everybody assumes it's the mafia guys.
1: And uh, the police had, had warned
5: Pino that there was a contract. They did. Yeah. They said, there's a large contract on you. I think they were talking 200,000 at the time. Um, And they went around and saw... one of the brothers, Modafri, and said, if anything happens to Pino, we're coming to you first. Right. As I think you probably know that. The Modafri brothers
2: being these supposed bosses, sort of uh, patriarchal figures in Melbourne's Italian community and a few sort of murky allegations as well. One of them's in prison. uh, One
5: one has got form and he had form in Italy and he's got form here. That would be uh, Franco. The other brother, Tony, uh, has very little form, uh, known form, so we wouldn't, talk too much no. about him, because as far as we know, he's just a successful grocer.
2: The associate editor of the Herald Sun, the author of Underbelly, the creator of the TV series, Andrew Rule. Always good to talk crime with you.
5: I'll be back. <laughs> and
2: that's a great way to end it. And on the front page of the Herald Sun today, Darren Lyons, the Mayor of Geelong, who we spoke to exclusively on The Hot Breakfast. Check that out at triplem.com.au. But part of the reason we spoke to him is because it seems everybody we pumped up yesterday has had a bad 24 hours, Darren Lyons being one of the moon men.
1: Yes, in, uh, in fact, we were talking about his great hairdo off the back of your pompadour slash Buffon.
2: Thank you. Uh, Good accent. And, Rosie, you had a few more off the Twitter?
6: We do. Uh, we were asking uh, if there's anything we'd you, you'd like us to, to talk up because mm. it will crash and burn like this. That's right. Oh!
1: If we pump you up, you are going down. Can we get a broom
2: or a dustpan in here, please?
6: uh, Sure. James Dixon would like us to pump up Hawthorne. Uh, Mike Craig would like us to pump up anyone on reality TV, especially from My Kitchen Rules. Oh, yeah.
2: yeah. MKR. Oh, yeah. We love the
1: recipes from MKR.
2: Manu and Pete, hashtag paleo.
6: Uh, The couch specimen would like us to pump up the new deliberate out-of-bounds rule that they're running in the sandful.
2: Yeah, isn't that amazing? What a great innovation for football. (laughs) I love how you're pumping it up.
6: And uh, the big rooster would like us to talk up Daryl Summers' new show.
1: You are back in the room. Dags is back on the telly. Uh, the tender age of 75, it's it's a tremendous show because when you see a guy <laughs> paint a fence with his face or a woman, a corpulent woman from the suburbs, headbutt a, a sponge, yeah. uh, it's
2: great. It's a special moment.
6: But according Eight. to Twitter, it was a bit like this. <laughs> oh.
1: 15 degrees. Hang on, Mind seven. you, it is rating 1.3 million, so what do we know?
2: Game of Thrones is a big show.
1: Are you a fan
2: of Game of Thrones? I I don't watch it, but I know a man that is, and he lives in the White House. In the Herald Sun today, US President Barack Obama hit up the co creator of Game of Thrones for an early release of the new season on DVD. He's asking for a pirate copy from the producer or something on stick. Trying to use some presidential influence mm. to get himself a sneak peek. <laughs> Spoiler alert! Everyone
1: in the Oval Office is saying, "Everyone in the West Wing, listen, Barack. We know you're ahead of the game. <laughs> we don't want, uh, we don't want you to give any, go-
2: you know." But you're- he's obviously burnt through the rest of the DVDs in his collection, moment.
1: we want to know. We don't want to know if Jon Snow's coming back, whether he lives or dies. I know that name from Game of Thrones. Good reference. But essentially, it just looks like a bit of a bit of warring, and then a bit of a. Sexual romp
2: Yeah The Game of Thrones Or yeah, the White what... House <laughs> No the Clintons Moved out of there A few decades ago Moon man
1: Very good indeed Yeah No that's what I think, I think A lot of these shows Like Orange is the New Black It's just a little bit Of middle class Soft porn Isn't it mm,
2: What uh, What do you reckon Would be in Barack's Presidential DVD collection <laughs> In the <laughs> It's not a euphemism Either <laughs> okay. Just for the record
1: <laughs> In the In the general movie section Yeah Oh I think he'd be a Men in Black fan. Yeah, yeah, for he sure. Looks good in a black suit,
2: Yeah, he'd like that. Would he? He'd have the West Wing, wouldn't he? He'd have
1: the West Wing so series must one have- to seven. Uh, he'd definitely be a Sopranos man. Mm, yeah. Great work.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Knows how to cut a deal. Bit of um some NBL highlights. Oh, he likes the local basketball league, does he? <laughs> yes, that's right. He <laughs>
1: loves the Perth Wildcats. He's mad for them. Can't stop watching Ricky Amazing Grace
2: and Andrew Gaze. I am a big Leroy Loggins fan. <laughs>
1: yeah, he is. Uh,
2: he... <laughs> Can you do a barack? I well, no, I know ex- <laughs>
1: well I, I've i studied Barack Obama's yeah. speech pattern And mm. the way that he uh, starts a sentence Is he f- starts it uh... <laughs> <laughs> No, let me get this right Because there's two very distinct ways of doing it He starts it slowly yeah. and finishes it quickly right. So he starts a sentence slowly and finishes it quickly uh... And so any sentence he does He always speaks like that uh... And what it makes you sound like is that you're actually quite thoughtful but decisive? Mm. Because if you start quickly, <laughs> if you start quickly and finish slowly, it makes you sound like an idiot. Right. So he, every sentence he utters, starts it slowly, finishes it quickly, mm. and if you speak like that, you can speak like Barack Obama.
2: Mesmerizing. My man, just on Twitter, you know uh, Tony Jones, who I work with over in the Nine Newsroom?
1: I do know Tony Jones. He's filling in on another network at the moment. Yeah, for... the
2: over 55s network. I think Tony's actually older than that. And he's just sent out a tweet saying that he's about to speak exclusively with Geelong Mayor Darren Lyons. Bow, bow. Would that be the same Darren Lyons we spoke to an hour ago?
1: I reckon about 7.15. Jeez. We probably spoke to Darren Lyons. The one who has
6: been online, triplem.com.au, for at least half an hour. I reckon that's him. Okay. Mm, Do you get a
2: bit of glare back in your eyes when you smile at a mirror with whitened teeth? Does it affect your brain?
1: Because we broke it to Darren. He hadn't seen himself on the front of The Age, Mm. the Geelong Advertiser, or the Herald Sun. You
2: know what? I don't like to see Tony out on a limb like that. I'll call him. I'll call him. In the meantime, though.
1: Because you're a company man, and you want to keep the integrity of the network front and centre.
2: In the meantime, though, Moonman... Bob Murphy is a person for whom we seriously have a bit of affection for. That name has become synonymous with
1: decency and honesty, and it's something that we like saying, Bob Murphy.
2: Mm, We certainly do, and we wish him all the best on his way back from his injury, and we hope we see him again. And our production team here at Triple M have done a lovely job of putting this together.
1: Spears the ball inside the paint, and there's old man Murphy. Wallace gives it about. to Murphy, who kicks the goal.
4: How slick was that? They close it all down, but oh. like Murphy's away.
1: Oh, brilliant steal by
3: Murphy. Uh, Murph, I generally, for the first time, feel sorry for knocking you out all those years ago at training. Um, it's been a pretty tough 48 hours, mate, and I um, know that you've had a lot of support and a lot of uh, messages from a lot of people who, uh, who love you, mate, love the way you play. Uh, I think of you in the same way I do. Uh, the great EJ Whitman, Charlie Sutton. People who love the Bulldogs uh, as much as anyone in the history of the club. We're all thinking of you, mate, and hoping that uh, there is some sort of miracle and you can get yourself back out there. Good luck. After
4: Murphy, oh. who walks around and gets around Swallow, who looks at... Not Swallow, in fact, it was Miller who looked at oh, it. Oh, yes. And then Murphy in and kicks
0: one of the goals of the year. Bob, my heart goes out to you, mate. Uh, I think everyone had their heart in their mouth when you went off the ground with that injured knee. Uh, it's not great news, mate, we're thinking of you. You're one of the, the all-time greats of the Western Bulldogs, um, no matter what happens from here. But uh, we are thinking of you, and good luck with it all. Bobby, keep strong. The whole Western Bulldogs family are thinking about you, mate. You epitomise the saying, it's not the size of the dog in the fight, but the fight in the dog. We need you back on the field. We're all thinking about your brother. Here's
2: a chance for Murphy. For oh. the, ball. Oh, the
0: captain has put in miracle out. What a goal for the
4: Bulldogs! G'day, Bob. So sorry to hear about uh, the injury, mate. But I know you'll recover as uh, as well as anyone in the in the competition. You're professional. You're a great leader of uh, the Bulldogs, and we all wish you the very best, mate.
2: I love Bob Murphy. I've done a couple of gigs at Reston Bulldogs presidents' functions. Don't think that qualifies. Why am I doing this? Well, it's because he's an absolute legend and it'll be a tragedy if we don't see him play football again. Go, Bob. Get back from this. Go, Dogs. Hello,
1: it's the Prime Minister of Australia, Malcolm Turnbull, speaking, and I'd just like to pass on my best wishes to you, Bob Murphy, for a speedy recovery. Whatever surgical path you decide to go down, whether it's the traditional method or the last method, I hope that
2: your
0: ACL recovers and you get back on the ground. And go, Doggies.
2: Well said, Prime Minister. <laughs>
1: The PM, he is a great friend of the network and he's always handy, and uh, especially there to pass on... A message, what a great package put together by our team.
2: Well done, Sarah DC. Luke Darcy, Shane D'Elia, Brad Johnson, Barry Hall amongst the names in there. Plenty of good Bulldogs. Moon Man, we will and be back. And Seb
1: Costello, the newest yeah, of the Bulldogs. Nah, I, don't,
2: I don't think I really needed <laughs> to be in there, Moon Man. But I do have a lot of man love, to quote Luke Beveridge, for the great Bob Murphy. Big show tomorrow, Moon Man. We've got Nate Valvo, the comedian, he's going to join us. Mm-hmm. As well as Michelle Payne.
1: How well,
2: about that? Melbourne Cup winner, if you don't mind.
1: Pirates of Penzance. And uh, yes, the only woman to to win a, Mel- to win a Melbourne Cup. And uh, I've got to say, it's also the end of the Melbourne International Comedy Festival Sunday. So get tickets at t- comedyfestival.com.au. I have announced another show oh. on Saturday, the 16th of April at 5pm. So get in there. Get those tickets.
2: Vote early, vote often. <laughs> Jacob Wiedering too, the NAB Rising star and future superstar for the Carlton Football Club there is no doubt about that mm. Seb Costello and Lawrence Mooney filling in for Ed McKendas for the next few days thank you for your company have a sensational tuesday A-roop.
0: Thanks for listening to the Triple M Breakfast Podcast. You can hear more from Sepp Costello and Lawrence Mooney on Triple M in Melbourne from 6 till 9. Or listen live from anywhere in the world at triplem.com.au. Thanks to Mighty Helpful Mighty 10. They have a huge range of timber and they'll go to any length to get you what you want. On-site, on-time, in full. Check out your local store online.